Okay, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. This is actually our third one. Today, we actually have something really special for the listeners out there today. Um, so I've been trying to find somebody that I can talk with uh, about you know politics and some of the current events that are currently going on, and also somebody that maybe has some um, rebuttals or some arguments for some of the recent stances that I have taken on certain positions. So today... I do want to welcome Portland. We as as as, as uh, he wants to be known publicly as Portland. Um, so Portland, why don't you just tell the listeners out there, like where did you find me? How long have you been been uh, you know uh, watching my videos or whatever? Um. So I found you the night that the uh, Las Vegas shooting happened. Um. I had seen the notices coming across, and I was looking for anybody that was doing a live broadcast about it, and the first one that I came across was Right Side Broadcasting Network. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. Good channel. Yeah, they they had several thousand people uh, watching their live broadcasts, and the chat was just going totally insane, and I just felt like I wanted to be watching something that I could be a little more a part of so I did a search for other people doing live streams um, and yours was the first one that popped up so like when I searched it it was you and right side broadcasting network so I I clicked on you and that was the, the beginning of it yeah I think I actually remember that night so would you say that you like some of the the like as far as live streaming goes do you like it when the streams are a little bit smaller so you have more access to the broadcaster on a individual basis or do you like the really big you know three thousand people streams too um i would say i prefer the smaller ones where it's uh, a lot easier to be you know interactive with not only the host but also the other people in the chat is that so when i when i joined when i joined your live stream i think you only had maybe about 25 people on, yeah and so it was super easy to just like start typing and, and get involved in the conversation yeah yeah sure so um oh man you should have seen me in my you now days that platform i don't know if i i, I got banned from that platform but those yeah. streams were uh they, they were getting pretty big we were getting like a thousand plus people in there okay so let's do this um why don't you so, so you've been watching a few weeks since the the Las Vegas shooting. Um, some of the other you know listeners are also some of my viewers as well, and they probably have seen you in there. Your do you, uh, do you care if we say what your screen name is in the the live chat so they know to to look for you? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's so totally the fine. the screen name you use is anti neoliberal bot. Uh, yeah. So. My- uh, why don't you tell us about that name? What what the hell does that mean? Well, neoliberalism is a legitimate school of thought. Okay. It has been around since about the 30s or 40s. Okay. And so it's it's a real thing. It's not just like a you know, a colloquial term or something. That's a, it's a real school of thought. And to me, neoliberalism is the thing that's destroying our country and our world. And so when I when I created my Twitter account about, I don't even know, maybe three or four months ago, um, that's all I could think was that I hate neoliberalism so much that I'm going to be robotic in. 
exposed it on Twitter. So is that uh, is Twitter like your main platform that you use to, uh, you know, to to for the the political banter online? It is now. I I have written a lot on Facebook. I've gotten in some pretty heated conversations. Very few good productive conversations i would say and i've written some things that really you know meant a lot to me um and i i really put myself into some of the things that i write and at times just nobody would even see what i was writing um you know i'm probably known amongst my facebook friends to be someone that just rages about politics a lot um and it to me was going absolutely nowhere on facebook and so through a a kind of a funny string of events i logged back into my twitter account that i had created about eight or nine years ago okay and changed everything about it and then started using it all right so because all right i just want to let the listeners know because we're we're probably a good five minutes into this thing we're leading up to a conversation eventually um and whether that's on this podcast or maybe a few more podcasts down the line but we're leading up to a a a conversation where um i believe the main topic of discussion is going to be about the the concept of the plutocracy um, and for those of you that don't know what the plutocracy is, it's the the idea that um, we live in sort of a democracy that's really run by a, a uh, I guess you could say a financial elite um, or, uh, um, you know, a, a wealthy elite of individuals and that, you know, all of this infighting right versus left is all distractions just to kind of keep us at bay from uh, overpowering or, or um uh, I guess competing with the plutocracy. So that's kind of where these conversations are going to go. But we got a long ways before before we're going to get there. So let's start with like some of your overall political beliefs. Um, we can start at the anti neoliberalism. We can talk about you know what you know uh, what do you consider you know on the political spectrum where where you consider yourself some recent candidates you've supported in the past. Let's just get to know you as, you know, one of the, the, the fellow viewers and fellow listeners out there to some of my content. And, and let's just get to know you and your, you know, overall political ideology. Because there might be other people out there that, that find some, some common ground with you. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so I'll, just like a recent past, I guess, since the 2016 election was such a big deal, um, I'll start back at, uh, well, I, I, I never registered under any party. I remained unaffiliated. Um, as soon as I turned 18 and registered to vote, I was unaffiliated. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is that the same thing as independent then? It's, it's not the same thing because okay. independent is actually a party. So that's a party affiliation if you register as an independent. Okay. So, so unaffiliated means that you don't you don't subscribe or you're not a member of any party. Okay. So I, I stayed that way. I, I tended to vote um, a lot more Republican when I was younger, and then that you know at hmm. some point in my life that changed, and I started voting for Democrats. Um, I was super excited about Barack Obama. Um, 
and I did vote for him in 2008, and I actually, you know, I, like, talked to some of my family members and stuff, and, like, really tried to convince them to, to vote for Obama, because I, I thoroughly, thoroughly believed in his hope and change message at that time, and it was really clear to me, um, by 2010 that he was totally full of shit, he's a, he's a liar, he's a warmonger, um, he is basically right now the king of the neoliberals, and that would make Hillary Clinton the queen. So, so I began my awakening, so to speak, let's say in 2010, and just started looking around me going, it doesn't fucking matter who's in control, who has control of the House or the Senate or whatever, the White House. Well, um, to be fair to Obama, would you say it's fair to say that he did have a difficult time in office because um, of the, you know, the Republican House and Congress. Uh, it, it was relatively hard to get things done. Do you think that attributes to any of the, the lack of progress on his part? Well, or do you think he's just a straight-up liar and a crony? Oh, I think he's a straight-up liar. Yeah. Okay. I, I, will, I will cut him zero slack. Okay. Fair enough. I'm I'm just trying to offer some some balance to the uh, the conversation no, perspective. I'm, a, I'm I'm a lefty, you know. Think about that. So I, I well, so you're a lefty, but you said that you used to vote Republican um, while you were younger, and you're a little yeah. bit older than me. You're maybe ten years or so older than me. Uh, so you've voted in a few more elections. Uh, did did you vote for Bush as well? Yes, I did vote for Bush. So oh. did you, did did your when you say that you're kind of a lefty, is that a a, a relatively recent change in your political ideology or? No, I would say that that change probably started to take place around 2001, and I would say it was solidified by by 2002, 2003. Okay. All right. um, I supported the war in Iraq. I was all about, you know, hey, they they did this thing to us, 9-11. They're supporting Afghanistan terrorists, and yeah. let's get them. And, the, and every politician, well, not every, not 100% of them were on board with it. Um, most of them, but by a huge majority, voted for the war. And, yes. And that war um, is illegal. Uh, it's <laughs> It's not being waged legally under constitutional powers. And not to get sidetracked too much, but do you think yeah. a lot of the problems that we're seeing today in the Middle East and even with the, you know, uh, what I will call the Islamic invasions of Europe and the United States, do you think a lot of that is related to the Iraq war? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, do you think that's ISIS. do you think that's when the U.S. started men, meddling a little bit too much over in the Middle East, and that's kind of where we can trace back the the mess that we have today? Abs yes, absolutely. Okay, so used to vote Republican, um, then voted for Obama. Consider yourself kind of a lefty. Now, when you say a lefty, I get the feeling that you sort of res uh, you know, as far as social issues go, you kind of respect maybe the you know, the conservative side of things, um, though you yourself may not share that. But when you say lefty, are, are we talking socially as well? Or, or is this more like a, like when it comes to fiscal policy and foreign affairs? 
Yeah, I mean, that that right there is actually kind of a hard question to answer because of the influence of identity politics. So um, I'm against war. I'm for Medicare for all. Um, I am for saving net neutrality. I am for publicly financed elections. Um, I'm for taking care of the veterans. You know, that's that's a really big deal to me. So I, you know, I am anti-war, but I'm absolutely not anti-veteran or anti-military. Of um, course, yes. Yeah. Of course. Um, uh, it's not just through my words, but it's also through my actions. How so? Um, on Veterans Day, I'll go to my local Starbucks and load up a prepaid, like, American flag Starbucks card with, like, 40 bucks and give it to the people behind the counter. I, I know them because I go into the Starbucks, like, every morning. Uh, and anyway, so I, you know, I'm able to just be like, hey, you know, uh, buddy, take this, take this card and, like, you pay for anybody that you know that comes in here that's a veteran. You know, if yeah. you see any, any little gray hairs coming in with their blue navy mesh caps on, you know, showing off which ship they're on or something like that, like you pay for those people's stuff just until that card runs out. You know, so well, that's that's really nice. I, I think it is important, definitely, to support the veterans. Um, you know, it is one of the most ultimate sacrifices that one can make um, for yeah. for the country and for the people. And there's another, um, really quickly, I'll just say, I, I le recently learned from a veteran that I had met online through uh, the You Now broadcasting app that uh, one in four homeless people are, are actually veterans. There's a lot of veterans on the street homeless for whatever reason, financial reasons, mental uh, dis uh, you know, disorders from combat. But um, it, it definitely seems that, especially in this, this kind of neoliberal uh, climate that we live in, the veterans seem to get forgotten and even, even, uh, how should we say neglected? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, on my, on my Facebook page, my profile picture is a picture of two veterans, like from the, uh, from the back, like you're looking at them and one of them has his, hand on the other's shoulder and there's numbers on the the picture that say uh the amount of of u.s soldiers killed since 1999 and that number is somewhere around 6,000. and the number of veterans that have committed suicide is somewhere probably by now at around like 135 140,000. oh wow wow that's unbelievable um so let's talk about socialism. Um, where, where, where do you think you stand on, on some of that? Okay, the first thing I would say is that socialism is not a thing in and of itself. Um, you have to use some kind of descriptor to describe which kind of socialism it is that you're referring to or maybe you subscribe to. So well, how about d d democratic socialism, like a Bernie yeah. Sanders type? Oh, yeah. I, I am a Bernie Sanders supporter. I'm kind of going back to the previous subject. I registered as a Democrat 
for the very first time ever in my life so that I could vote for Bernie Sanders in the primaries. Wow, okay. Um, I did not vote for Hillary Clinton. I voted for Jill Stein of the Green Party. Okay. Um, I, Jill, Jill, I'm smiling because Jill Stein's actually very uh, popular amongst a lot of the vegans online, and that's kind of the, the community yeah. I come from, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm anti-war, so Charles, tell me, who can I vote for that is anti-war? Well, you don't think Trump is an- no. about as anti-war as we can get right now? No, Trump is not anti-war. Um, Trump, on his campaign trail, uh, said that he was going to be an anti-interventionalist meaning that he yeah. is no longer going to meddle in the affairs of other countries, and he's he's already ramped it up a little bit from where Obama left it, and Obama blew it the shit up after George Bush. Oh, Obama dropped, I think, what, over 100,000 bombs in Syria and Iraq and yeah, during his and, presidency? And, and, and then, like, what? Five other countries, six oh, yeah. other countries that yeah. we're operating in, others that we don't even know because, you, you, you know, unless you're digging deep for it and you have trusted sources, you're never going to hear about it on corporate media. Yeah, that, uh, you do have to yeah, dig that, deep that for includes, some of that. That includes Fox News, too. Absolutely. They're, they're conservative, but they're corporate. They just Absolutely. have a different that they're pushing. Yeah, I mean, all these stations uh, and networks are, uh, you know, multinational corporations that I don't think can be trusted. And we agree on that, that we can't really trust the CNNs or the Fox News, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So let's go back to Jill Stein real quick. Okay. Help me to understand what the point is in, in voting for somebody that really, I mean, does not have the chance to win. Why put your yeah. vote towards Jill Stein? I mean, I, you know, with, I'm not judging, no, you know, judgment-free no, I, zone. I but why, why, vote. why did you choose to to put your vote through um, uh, with Jill Stein? Knowing that she wasn't going to win. Knowing that you would be among a very few people that would vote for yeah. her. Okay. Um, Do you think it's important well, to start voting third party and, and building oh my the... Oh, gosh, yes, yeah? yes, yes. Well, isn't that kind of what Trump is, though, in some ways? No. He's Trump, kind of the Trump's third party. Trump's all up in that GOP money, man. <laughs> Every, Everything he's doing is in order to benefit his cronies and, and his own businesses. Okay. Okay, so Jill Stein, though, you so, so let's talk about the third-party aspect of it and why specifically you voted for Jill Stein. Uh, was it just the anti-war stuff, or was it anything else? Um, I, I would say, well, first of all, I live in Oregon, so I've got a great defense. It didn't matter anyway. It never does matter. Oregon always goes blue for the Democrats, so I could have voted for myself, and Clinton would have won. So True. That's an easy defense. If I lived in a state that, that didn't always go that way, I would have still done the same thing because I'm tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. That's a, that's a message pushed by the plutocracy that you don't have a choice but to vote for somebody that's evil. And I say, fuck that. I want to vote for somebody that isn't evil rather than for somebody or against somebody uh, that is fucking evil. Well, evil is a very strong word. You you think Trump is evil? No, I I don't think he's evil. Do you that, think Hillary Clinton is evil? Uh, I would I would 
I do think Hillary Clinton is evil. Neoliberals are evil. Fair enough. Fair is enough. Trump a neoliberal? No, he's not. But he's just a reality TV show businessman that's that's getting that money, man. He's hustling, dude. That's, that's well, what the way doing. I see Trump is he's my candidate. He, he's yeah. for the guys like me. He's um, There's definitely a streak of nationalism that cannot be denied. And there's also yeah. a, a uh, I guess you can say, a, 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 some kind of populist air, you know, where he's not exactly a Republican. If anything, you know, he definitely fits the mold for the, the, the new right, um, you know, yeah, just nationalist ideology. And are you not excited about that? I mean, it is, uh, you know what, I'll tell you this. I was excited when Trump won. So what does that tell you? I, I was so against Hillary Clinton being the president yeah. that I that I was excited when Trump won, and I wasn't surprised either because I don't watch corporate media. Yeah, I, I don't either. Watch uh, sources on YouTube that I know are trusted. And, yeah. Um, I don't watch corporate media, so I, I wasn't under the impression that Hillary had it in the bag. As everyone, I wasn't shocked. <laughs> you know. I felt like saying, hey, motherfuckers, I fucking told you so, man, because I had people even in my own family that are lifelong Democrats uh, on Facebook telling me to shut the fuck up and that everything I said bad about Hillary Clinton was going to help Donald Trump win. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So this has got to be weird, though, where you're on the left of center. I mean, is that fair to say? You're definitely left of center. Yet- um, well, let me, let me address that okay. because... Okay, so you know what neoconservatism is, like neocons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Feel free so to go through it for be, some of the listeners out there. You want me to? Okay, so neocons are just, you know, uh, George Bush is a neocon. Uh, they they claim to be anti-interventionist and about small government, but they do things like create the Patriot Act, Homeland Security and walks into an endless war that we've been in for what is it fucking 16 years now yeah that's what a neocon does Um, a neoliberal says that they're going to get out of all that stuff but then behind closed doors with the support of the liberal media they ramp up the war that George Bush started from two to seven countries and and then some you know those are those are just the ones that we know about yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so centrism is the combination of the schools of thought of neocons and neolibs. Do you, do you get that? Absolutely, yeah. They are the ones that are in the center and they're actually a minority of people and the, if you look at the outside Can you give us an example of maybe a, some po- you know well-known politicians that may be truly center? Uh, yeah, well, I would say, I would say virtually all of the Democrats and almost virtually all of the Republicans. So there's, there's very few of them that aren't centrists. I don't know if you pay any attention to what's going on with the DNC or anything, but you know, the people, the true people on the left, like myself, I, I would call the left that you're always talking about is the neoliberal, like totally insane left. And I agree with a lot of the things that you say about them. But I'm part of the left, and that's actually a majority of the left that 
can't stand Clinton and Obama and fucking hate the DNC and are super angry that the DNC cheated uh, not only Bernie's supporters, but this country out of someone that would have actually really tried to make some changes. And I, I can get back to your point about Trump being a populist. Um, well, hold on. The, this this segues into the question that I wanted to ask, which was like being on the left yourself. Is it does it feel weird that the candidates that were running is not the one that you wanted, and that you know you don't even agree with most of the people kind of on your side of the fence, so to speak? You know, whether it's the social justice warriors or the warmongers. Um, you know what um, what is that like being? Well, I, I would say to that that the Hillary cultists, the neoliberals, are the minority of the left. So I'm actually part of the majority of the left that, that thinks similar to the way that I do. Um, and I would say I agree more with, like, lefty, you know, quote-unquote lefty policies than I do with uh, right-wing policies, okay? But I also can look at... Um, things that come from the right wing, so to speak, and go, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. Like I, I, for instance, hot topic for today. I am for sensible gun control, and I'm also not at all fearful that the Second Amendment is going to be wiped out and that they're going to come take our guns. You know, not not in one bit. Look at look at everything that's happened, Charles. You know, think back to Sandy Hook and yeah. how count count up all the the mass shootings and the records that have been broken in those shootings since that day. Well, it's, you can't even remember them all, man, because there's so many, right? San Bernardino. There's been a lot of them. Yes, San Bernardino was a little bit different, but yes, it. Um, the thing is, though, is that. The only time we ever talk about these things is when there's a, a, a mass shooting, which are actually, they are quite rare. I mean, if you look, we don't have to get into this exactly right now, but we've got so much content that, that we could throw back and forth to each other. Yeah. But as far as where I am with the, the gun control is, is that I'm really frustrated every time. And I don't even own guns, right? But I get very frustrated when I hear people talk about gun control as soon as that, you know we have the incident in Texas today or the incident in Las Vegas. Um, or, or, you know, going back to Sandy Hook when those, those uh, circumstances are extremely rare and they do not even compare to the amount of gun violence that we have on a daily basis in our, in our, our, in our, in the inner cities, um, all across America. So that's why it's frustrating because you only hear the rhetoric when it happens to be a quote unquote mass shooting. That's the only yeah. time the rhetoric ever comes out. That's the only time anybody ever cares about gun control. Um, but if it's, let's say, you know, black-on-black crime in Chicago every single weekend, we don't really hear too much about gun control, do we? No, you're right. You're right. And that's that's all part of the... Well, we'll definitely... Man. That's part of the plutocracy? Yeah, okay. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk more about gun control. Um Real briefly, can we talk about immigration? What, what do you think? What, what do you think yeah. about some of the things I've said about immigration? Um, I think that you share a sentiment that a lot of people have without really thinking. Well, no, I'm not going to say without thinking too deeply about it because people are very thoughtful for the most part, but they're uninformed. And 
these things because they're not presented to you by schools. They're not presented to you by corporate media. They're things that you have to go looking for, and, and some people don't want to. Some people are unwilling to. Um, I'm totally willing to. I, I feel like you are, too. Uh, well, yeah, uh, the, the immigration thing alone is something I've been really thinking about and focusing on for weeks and months now uh, yeah. alone. But in just in a general sense, yeah. third world immigration, um, you know, Islamic immigration, immigration from uh, the Latin world in general, what is your stance? Are, are you pro-immigration? Do you think we're, we're, we're doing enough? For Syrian quote unquote refugees, do you think we're doing enough for quote unquote asylum seekers? Would you like to see more done? Would you like to see less? Just what's your overall thoughts on the the state of immigration right now? I think that our immigration is our immigration policies are a total failure because we don't enforce them, or yeah, we don't enforce them. Uh, let me just okay. This, have you ever heard of E Verify? E-Verify. Verify. It's a system. No. Okay, so it's a system. It was created, I want to say, maybe around 10 or 15 years ago. I'd, I'd have to, like, Google this shit to, re to remember exactly, but let's say it's been around for, like, the last 15 years. Um, it was created through legislation that was passed bipartisanly by centrists, okay? And they, um, they created this system for businesses and corporations to be able to, to check online for free uh, the validity of identification, like um, face, fake social security numbers, names, yeah. shit like that, okay? Yeah. So that system has been here, uh, still here now, still up and running, um, but when they created the legislation, they didn't include any kind of penalty for not using it. So there's no there's no incentive for not using it. There's no penalty for not using it. There is no agency in charge of prosecuting uh, corporations that don't use the system. See what I'm saying? Yes, so, yes, yes. Okay, so yeah, we we have a lot to talk about, man. But let me just say, <laughs> let, me, let me just say real quick that one of my best friends when I was about 19 or maybe 20 years old. Um, he was a he was a illegal immigrant, and he worked at the landscape company that I worked at, which was a really big, very reputable landscape company. Okay. Um, and he was illegal, and it wasn't you know a secret that like most of the guys that I was working with that were Mexican that had illegal social security numbers and forged documents and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the but the company still still employed like vastly actually the majority of their employees working in the field were were Mexicans. Okay. So I I was a crew leader um, and I had uh, one crewman with me at the time and his name was Carlos and he was from Oaxaca, Mexico. I don't know if you know where that is. Not it's off the down, top of my head. It's pretty far south. Okay. Uh, uh, I was going through a really rough time in my life um, at that age, and I, I'm six foot three, and I, and right now I weigh about 230 pounds. Okay. Uh, at the time, I was six foot three and weighed about 170 pounds. But I, I still worked full time and 
anyway, Carlos would bring extra food every day uh, and feed me actually pretty good, like food that he made himself at home. Yeah, yeah. And he he was here by himself um, and had come here to work to earn money for his family's farm down in Oaxaca, which was actually a you know yeah generations old farm yeah. and operating and providing a, a living to the family for a really long time. Well. Um, so you so have our, some some firsthand experience working with immigrants, illegal though they may yeah. be. Um, no, illegal, not not even. You know, they they wouldn't just tell anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. You know, if you become friends with someone and they feel like they can trust you, they're not necessarily that worried to to say it. Yeah, know? I worked with another guy. Um, and he, he barely spoke any English, but he would point at himself and say, wet, back, you know, I, I speak pretty good Spanish, you know, and I'm just like, dude, what, what are you saying, you know, and he's saying wet back, he's pointing at himself and saying, I'm a wet back, like I came across the river, ah. into this country, and here I am working. Wow, know? okay, um, just, <laughs> here, I'm gonna... Okay, so now we're continuing. Um, I'll just share briefly, um, you know, so, some of my firsthand experience. Um, a lot of people they see me on the internet, and they've seen me on the internet for a couple of years, and they forget that I have spent most of my life in the workforce, and I'll probably be going back to that very soon. But I, I'm kind of a like a server uh, by trade, you know, wow. working in restaurants, you know, busting tables, serving tables, hosting that kind of thing. I've been doing that since I was 17 years old. But I have been in environments where I'm working around a lot of immigrants, whether they be legal or illegal, whether they be from Mexico or somewhere else in South America. But I have worked with um, lots of immigrants. And, uh, um, you know, my firsthand experience, it, it, it is kind of it's similar to yours where, you, you know, you do get to know people, um, you know, whether they happen to be citizens or not. And. Um, there might be some good memories. There might be some, some good people you remember. Um, but I can tell you this on more occasions than not, I, I was working with people that did not speak English very well. And, uh, if anything, I, you know, was kind of making an attempt at the time to learn Spanish. I used to be able to speak Spanish fluently enough to like, you know, work in a restaurant, um, with all Spanish speaking people in the, the back of the house, so to speak. Uh, but you know, kind of like looking back on that experience now, um, what I, what I take from it is kind of like, like, like that's, that, that's what multiculturalism looked like in my experience in the workforce, you know, multiculturalism looked like, uh, you know, elite, you know, mainly whites working in front of the house jobs that spoke really good English that could be, you know, present food to tables and was like the face of the restaurant. And then you had kind of like the seedy underclass of workers, the oh, ones, yeah. you know, the, that are brown, that don't speak yeah. English, that, um, you know, work in the back of the house, work the shit jobs. And it's, to me, that, like, when, when I look back on it now, that's the, the full manifestation of this, you know, multi-culty agenda and this, you know, well, we'll just um, not worry about our borders. Um, yeah. That's kind of where that leads to, which I want to talk about, you know, that kind of stuff too with you as well. 
Um, but that's just some of my personal experience there. So, I mean, as, and, and listen, I mean, I've known some really good people, but even saying that, you know, that I think that, uh, I think it's important that we do enforce our immigration laws. Um, if they need to be changed, then so be it. But as an American citizen, I simply don't feel obligated to just give, you know, or share my, my citizenship with people that were not born here, that got here illegally, that, yeah. you know, had kids here just so they could stay. Um, I, I still don't think somebody from, I don't know, what, what city was that in Mexico? Uh, where, where he was from? Yeah. It's actually a state. Um, oh, what's the, what's the state again? It's Oaxaca. Oaxaca. I, I, I just don't feel like Oaxaca, if I'm saying that right, somebody from Oaxaca that came over here illegally, even if they're busting their ass over here, okay, I, I still don't see them the same as somebody like me who was born here, my parents were born here, my parents have worked here, paid taxes here, I paid taxes here. It's just different. It, it's different. There's citizenship and non-citizenship. And I think it's important that we don't conflate the two. But anyways, I'm kind of digressing on that point there. Um, uh, that's great. So you don't disagree with that then, per se? No, I really, I really don't. And I'll, I'll just hit back on what you said about how some of them, some, some of the illegal uh, workers that you worked with were like clearly from the the CD side of town or whatever. I forget what term you used, but well, I said uh, the CD underbelly of the back of the house, you know, maybe the, the undocumented people, the people don't speak English. That's what I meant by yeah. that. And yeah, it's maybe they do live on the CD about, side like, of town. They're, they're taking the shittiest jobs. And I, I kind of took that to be like, for instance, when I worked at this big landscape company, I knew some of the guys yes. um, that I worked with were, yes. were, uh, they sold heroin. Yes. Well, we could talk about that too. I have a, a history there as well, but um, I well in upstate New York, it's uh, Puerto Ricans that do sell heroin. Now Puerto Ricans are considered citizens, um, even though if they're in Puerto Rico, they can't vote. But um, but yes, I I do have experience buying drugs from um, uh, you know, from people that okay. are. Are not from the mainland, we'll say. What about El Salvadorians? Did you? I've never really. There's not a big El Salvadorian community in upstate New York that I know about. Um, I mean, I may have come a, you know, I may have run into El Salvadorians, but I I don't personally remember meeting anybody that said I'm from El Salvador. Um, in upstate New York, it's it was usually Puerto Ricans, and I lived in Nashville, Tennessee for a long time, and that was where I I worked with a lot of Mexicans, um, mainly Mexicans worked in the kitchens in the back of the house um kind of you know especially down south and probably here in california a lot of mexicans probably work those back of the house jobs um and well i'm sure nowadays i mean if they, as long as they can speak english and you know are presentable i wouldn't be surprised if we have undocumented workers uh working in front of the house jobs in in uh in uh you know restaurants too but that being said i i just think that there is this, especially from the the uh, uh, the neoliberals, right? Um, the the you know the Clinton cultists and um, the social justice warriors. Those 
though that when I when I'm talking about the left, they no. they don't really see the difference between somebody that has been here, somebody whose family has been here for generations, somebody who has grew up here, paid taxes here, worked here, whatever. They don't see the difference between that and somebody that just snuck in across the border, um, you know, had kids and is hoping to be granted amnesty. It's, you know, that that's a a, that's a a distinction that needs to be made. You know, there's people that are here illegally that do need to go back home. And there's um, uh, it the way I see it is that it is a problem, you know, because if we don't have borders and we don't protect our borders and we don't protect our our. our our nation, our sovereignty, um, our citizenship. How can how would anybody respect it? You know, if anybody can just illegally yeah. come here and become a, a United States citizen, yeah. uh, what? How does it make it special? You know, we're supposed to be the greatest nation, and that that's what I, it's really frustrating about that terrorist attack that happened on Halloween with the the truck, uh, the 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 Muslim that ran down the the people with the truck. So. Uh-huh. That guy came here on what's called a diversity visa, you know, yeah, and it's it's, it's a lottery ticket. Visas. Yeah, it's and it, it, it's it's a it was a lottery ticket, and it's like we're supposed to be the greatest nation in the world. We're and and everybody wants to be here, and we're just gonna give that away to just anybody, you know. And that's another example of what I think <clears throat> um, multiculturalism looks like. It's gonna look like yeah. more terrorist attacks, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I just would. Have, I I like your term multi culty. Yeah, like somebody really said like that to lot, me. But I think that I just have like a different view of like what it means to be multicultural. All right, well, what do you I think? Agree, I agree with everything that you're saying about our immigration policies. And, yeah, and the way it's just so. I mean, the diversity visa. Like, come on, man. It's you know, uh, astounding. Let's, Let's bring people here that qualify for what the note says on the Statue of Liberty's pad. Right, you know? right. Um, I don't have, I don't have really have a problem with like super smart people being recruited into this country if they're like working for you know Intel or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, I mean that's the other thing too is we're not bringing you know if we're bringing the you know most of the undocumented workers and the diversity visa people from third world Islamic nations, we're yeah. definitely not bringing the best of the best into our country, you know, and that's, it needs yeah, to be said. Absolutely. It needs to be said. Yeah, I, I agree with that. As a lefty, Charles, I totally agree with you. Um, and I, I would say to that, what you should do is look at Canada's uh, immigration policies and laws and how they enforce them and what what's involved with moving to Canada for all the, uh, you know, Hillary cultists that, that are working on trying to get their passports and, and trying to get citizenship. Yeah. To fucking, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck with that because they, they got that shit on lockdown, man. Well, so. I, from my understanding, Canada is actually uh, making an effort to, um, to take in immigrants from non-Western societies. Yeah, but, that, that's good. Do you think they want to take in immigrants from the United States? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> my understanding like, is that like, like these people, this that crazy woman that was like kneeling down on the ground, just screaming her freaking brains out. You know? Did you see that? Like the the. Well, I've seen like, I've seen that of you know for yeah, a lot of things. Trump got elected, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
he's not my president. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Kidding, you know? Yeah, yeah, the screaming so, liberals. Yeah, those are the ones that are refuge, that want to seek refuge in Canada, and yeah. Canada doesn't want them. Yeah, know? yeah. So, hey, does Canada maybe have some different things they need to do as far as, like, taking refugees and shit? And I, I don't really know uh, much about that. Well, but my understanding is Canada Canada's taking in a lot of Asians, Indians, Asians, and, uh, you know, the, the projections from what I've seen... Um, from some of the right-wing websites, is that, yeah. you know, within 30 years, by 2050, Canada is going to be a majority non-white country. Yeah, so, and and that's interesting, and I, you know, the what they do with the refugees, to me, is a different topic, but just as far as, like, if I wanted to move to Canada, it's not easy. It's going to be difficult, uh, yes, yeah. It's difficult, they, they don't want schlubs, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They... Okay, if I wanted to move to Canada just to work there, yeah, I would have to have at least an associates, if not a, like a bachelor's. That's right. Degree. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, I I wouldn't be allowed to just like get citizenship there, you know. But I could move there and live there as long as I'm going to be a productive member of society. Yes, and I would have to get a job in the industry that my college degree uh, is for. You know, I mean, the, some of those can be pretty broad as far as what you can do with them, but yeah. Still, um, that's that's how you can move to Canada, live there, and work there. Yeah. You're still not a citizen. That yeah. that is even more difficult. So yes. What's interesting now is that we actually on the left have sort of this uh, anchor baby movement to Canada, where where or uh, you know women or men are trying to find someone that is a Canadian citizen and marry them or have a kid with them or some shit like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just like how, how you know, you know, the term anchor baby is like... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like <laughs> this crazy Hillary cultist... Oh, yeah. ...lefty movement to try to get to Canada, and uh, I think a lot of them are going to be... Not really working out so well for them. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we've... Been going on almost 50 minutes now, so I, I want to take another 10, 15 minutes. Um, you know, again, just to remind the listeners out there. By the way, thank you so much. Make sure you're rating this uh, podcast as well. Uh, there's an option to rate it here on iTunes. Make sure you rate it. It's very, very important, and uh, leave back any feedback that you possibly can. But um, so we we are building up into talking about the plutocracy. Um, you know, talking about the concept of the the rich, wealthy elite that are running the show, that have all the power, and they're kind of offering up all these distractions for us, which is the political debates that we find ourselves engaged in. But now that we are still down here in the, uh, among the peasantry, okay, discussing different political, um, political ideas and, and positions, I, I do want to get your opinion as a viewer of mine and as, you know, a lefty or a liberal, um, I would like to get your opinion on, on, some of the, the, the stances that I've taken on nationalism, white identitarianism, uh, you know, racial identity, uh, racial uh, um, uh, relations in the United States. What's your overall view on, on some of that stuff? Most of my listeners know that I, I've been very adamant in trying to make my viewers understand that there is um, a, an anti-white agenda by the left, I, you know, do you agree with that kind of thing? And also, what do you think about the sort of the new rising tide of 
white identitarianism. Um, not supremacy, not, you know, clan ship or anything like that, but the, the idea that America is a white country, was founded by whites, should remain a majority white country, and sh so should Europe. Um, what, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on any of that? Am I wrong? Am I ruining my career? <laughs> that, that I don't know. Um, but I, I think... Well, I think the, the part of finding the truth is asking a lot of questions. And so while I'm talking to you or I'm listening to you talk, I keep, I keep having questions pop in my head that I want to ask you. So, okay. so what does nationalism mean? And is nationalism equal to patriotism? Well, I would say they're absolutely related. I think to be have a sense of nationalism, you'd have to be patriotic and, and loyal to your country. I would say so, yes. Um, but as far as... Um, somebody's calling me on this line. Um, as I'm just going to decline it. Some, uh, you can still hear me, right? I can still hear you, yeah. Um, I think nationalism is that that strong sense of like what I was talking about. There has to be borders. There has to be a sense of, of citizenship. It's either you're, you know, it's either we have citizens and non-citizens. It can't be just one big global population and anybody can just flood into whatever, you know, country they happen to want to be in. Um, I mean, that's just not the way it works. And I do think that we need to protect ourselves and the only, and, and, well, let, I'll end it with this. I'll end my little rant with this. I think true diversity is not the globalist agenda, which is just mixing all the populations, mixing all the nations, mixing all the races. I think true diversity would look like the world that has borders, that has countries, that has sovereign nations with citizens, and that needs to be respected. I really do think it needs to be respected, you know? Yeah. I, I agree with you, so I, I would say I agree with everything that you just said, but I'm not a nationalist, okay? Um, now, uh, to me, and I could be wrong about this, but when I hear nationalists, I automatically equate it with, like, Trump supporters yeah. and wingers. Sure. And, and people that might have a tendency to maybe say some things about uh, illegal immigrants and yeah. And Muslims and things like that, right? And, yeah. and perhaps even perhaps even some of the people that were marching in Charlottesville that yeah. were on the okay. Oh yeah. So so I would have troubles for myself saying that I'm a nationalist because that's what I think that that's what the most of the population sees when they think nationalism. Whereas what you just described is not a negative thing in my mind. I agree with you. And I'll, I'll say this, the queen of the neoliberals, Hillary Clinton, once said that she uh, envisioned a world in the future that had no borders. Yeah, that's the globalist yeah. leftist agenda. Right, exactly. Neoliberal. <laughs> neoliberal, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's I think that's very dangerous. It's not, yeah. it's, it's an un-American ideology, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, so, so um, I, I think... You know, for me, I look at it and I go, okay, well, I, I have all these issues that I see with, with immigration, illegal immigrants, you know, uh, refugees, this, that, and the other thing. And, and I just keep asking, like, well, why, why is it this way? Who's to blame? Who do we blame? Because 
there has to be somebody to blame, right? So you, uh, for me, I want to make sure that I, that in my mind at least, that I believe that I'm blaming the right group of people or people, yeah, persons. Um, so back to the e-verify thing, Charles, that yeah. system I told you about, okay, um, there's no penalty for not using it, so no, no companies use it. So they're able to hire illegal immigrants that have forged papers, knowingly hmm. hire them knowing hmm. that they're illegal. And what that does to the American worker is it, it slowly erodes wages and benefits because they're able to hire a workforce at far lower of a pay than they would if they were just hiring legal immigrants yes. or citizens of the country. Yes. And that just include wages. It includes benefits too, like health care and uh, paid vacation, stuff like that. So all those things over the last 30 or 40 years have been totally... Yeah. Wrote it. Um, so why why are we mad at the companies that hire these people in order to do that to us? Why are we mad at the at, okay my my best friend that I was telling you about Carlos when I was like yeah. 19 or 20, he was murdered in Oaxaca by a drug cartel. Oh wow! Because, because his family refused to convert their crops to uh, marijuana at the oh, time. Oh wow! So here they had generations old. Uh, uh, you know, I'll call it the homestead. Yeah. You know, with with grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins. You know, everybody living together on sort of like a compound farm, if you will, for for decades and decades and decades. They've been making their living by growing coffee and you know whatever other uh, stuff stuff they could grow there. Right, acres upon acres of it. Yeah. Uh, my friend Carlos leaves his family behind, comes here. You know. Uh, gets gets an opportunity to go back and visit at home. Well, he never made it there. So the last time I saw him, it was like, all right, buddy, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. You know, have a great oh, visit. Wow. And then about maybe five or six days later, I found out um, through my employer actually that that his family had called to make sure that I was told that he oh, had been. Wow. Killed. So he actually never made it to his house. He was gunned down and left in the gutter. His body was riddled with bullets, and he never saw his family after he left them. Um, That's unbelievable. So if we don't get mad at the corporations with the illegal immigration and, and, and you know, causing them to be here and, you know, causing them to, uh, you know, undercut the American worker and, you know... Um, I mean, where 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 do you think the, the fault lies? I well, I think the fault lies on the corporations that don't use that system and knowingly hire illegal immigrants because they're fleeing a country. Let's just specifically talk about Mexicans. Like we want yeah. to talk about other countries and possible terrorists and shit like that. We'll just talk about yeah. Mexicans. They're fleeing a country that has been utterly destroyed. Uh, and is a living fucking nightmare because of the war on drugs. Right. So my friend was murdered because the cartel told his family, you're going to grow this, this marijuana. And they said, no, yeah. you're going to grow marijuana or you're going to regret telling us no. Yeah. They still, they know they murder one of the family members. So I, I don't, I have no idea what's ever happened to them in the last 23 years since this happened. Yeah. But, but because of the war on drugs, because cannabis is fucking illegal, dude. I mean, give me a break, man. 
because of that, my friend is dead. So, do you think that that story is maybe more common than we would even know? Oh, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket, man. Yeah. A drop in the bucket. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody else that has that, that same type of story to tell. But you, I, I mean, do you think there's guaranteed. other people that have been yeah. forced to grow marijuana or have been oh, oh, absolutely. murdered because murdered. of the illegal marijuana sure. trade? Sure. Interesting. Um, so, well, in, in, in um, where are you, in Washington or Oregon, you said? Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. We have medical marijuana in Oregon, too, right? Yeah, we have recreational. Recreational. Well. I think in California yeah. now we have recreational or it's going to be on the books yeah. soon. Um, so there are states that are moving in that direction, but the problem I see, I mean, for, we, we can talk about, um, uh, uh, drug laws and stuff and the, you know, that's another political issue we can kind of maybe wrap up this podcast with, but the problem that I, I have is like, once we start going down that road, I think, you know, just like California, for an example, California is the first to do a lot of these things, but in my opinion, California is, is, you know, going down a road of degeneracy that's going to be very hard to pull back from. It's going to be extremely hard to pull back from. And it's, it's, these ideologies are, are, um, or these agendas are separated from a lot of the rest of the nation. And, you know, we can legalize marijuana. We can, uh, you know, f- have the government force you to use certain pronouns for people. We can, ha- you know, we, we can do all this stuff, but it, starts to erode the 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 republic it starts to erode the nation um you know like where does it stop you know um i'm not necessarily opposed to uh recreational marijuana use uh, but it's a it's another one of those things that's kind of led by you know the, the 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 west coast or the east coast it's one of these political agendas that's very very different than you know, really what the, the rest of the nation stands yeah. for. Am I wrong in saying that? Um, I, I think that you might be, I th- um, and not, not too far off, but, but perhaps incorrect, just in that if you were to look at polls um, of who supports medical marijuana being legal and who yeah. supports recreational also being legal, um, that it would it would probably be in a majority across most demographics. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so just purely talking about cannabis alone, um, although we have medical marijuana in Oregon, it's still illegal federally. It is, yeah. No, it is. Yeah, right. Are you are you familiar with the schedule listings of drugs? Like, if I say this is a schedule one drug, yeah, it's a schedule two. Drug. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so, so schedule one. In order to meet the requirements to be a Schedule One drug, there has to be absolutely no known medical value. And marijuana is a Schedule One drug, federally. Yes, that's that is correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is again. I'm not opposed to legalizing marijuana recreationally or for medical reasons. And here's the thing: I, I'm kind of conflicted yeah. on the the whole drug thing because the libertarian in me. You know, especially coming from, you know, I'm a former heroin addict. Um, you know, I used to love drugs when I was a kid. But the libertarian in me wants to say, hey, if you want to smoke dope, you want to shoot dope, fucking we should be able to do what we want to do. Excuse me for my language, guys. I'm trying to keep this clean on iTunes. Um, but the, the, the libertarian in me wants to, wants to say, 
you know, we, we should be able to use drugs. But then there's this conservative part of me, too, that says, well, marijuana is not going, you know, our, our society was not built on, uh, you know, potheads. Uh, we we our civilization was not built on drug users and it, it's it makes me worry i mean if we have half the population smoking dope maybe we need a plutocracy the responsible class to take care of the rest of us right <laughs> yeah no i think you're right man i think we do need people that uh you know when they come around we can lick their boots and they can tell us what <laughs> we can and can't do it sounds fantastic <laughs> <laughs> well listen um Let's wrap it up for today on this podcast. Does that sound good? Does that sound like yeah. a good resting point? Yeah, and, um, you know, we're going to, we, I, I talked to Portland earlier today and we were going to make this a series, right? Yeah. So yeah. we'll probably do this for, I don't know, maybe two or three more times, uh, and, and revisit the, um, I guess where we're, we're going is, you know, a lot of this that we're talking about, you think there's much more common ground between people like you and me and, and all American citizens. And if we could actually find the common ground and stop focusing on the distractions, the right versus left, that we would be able to um, create real changes and, and I guess maybe fight back against the oppressive elite that's kind of got us mired in this, this chaos of, uh, of uh, uh, political delusion is, is that where we're going with this affirmative i would say you should rewind that and replay it a few times the, what you just said because that that was that a good description of where we're yeah, going oh yes okay yeah, absolutely all right um so yeah we're we're moving this podcast in the direction of talking about the plutocracy and i'm sure you've got a lot to talk about it and we'll get more into that um on the next podcast but i do want to thank portland very much for uh, hanging out with us today. I want to thank you guys as the listeners for supporting this podcast so far and um, make sure, again, like I said, to rate this as well. Do you have any social media that needs to uh, be known, a Twitter account, a YouTube channel, anything at all? Um, I just have Twitter. I would say anti-neolibbot. At anti-neolibbot? Yeah. Anti-neolibbot. Bot, just like it sounds. Correct. Okay, yeah. and we'll uh, we'll go and follow you there on Twitter for some epic liberal Twitter rants, hopefully, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast very much. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash, uh, or just look up Charles Marlowe on YouTube if you're unfamiliar with me. And um, though I am suspended from Twitter this week, I didn't get into that today, but uh, I will be back on Twitter hopefully later next week. And my Twitter is at Charles Marlowe underscore. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your evening or rest of your afternoon, wherever you shall be. And uh, we will see you guys on the next one.